I've been a little busy. I've been doing some uh, uh, research on turtles and stuff still. So <laughs> I've been out in the woods quite a bit. But uh, nothing really interesting. It's just, just some field work. But. Well, you know, it's been a crazy year here in Colorado. I don't know what to think about global warming. By no means am I a denier. I mean, my brain is, you know, wide open to, you know, to whatever scientific information comes up. But you have to be reminded that the North Pole used to be the South Pole, and there used to be redwood trees at the North Pole. So the world has gone through some changes, and I don't know what the heck is going on with weather, but here in Colorado this summer, it's really been hot, cold, dry. Uh, the month of June, we didn't have a drop of rain for 33 days. Unheard of, you know, because we usually get nice afternoon showers uh, in the mountains at least. And uh, actually just did rain yesterday after, good grief, way too long of, of no rain. So it's been a drier than normal summer and actually hotter than normal. Colorado, you know, up in the mountains usually is fairly cool. So anyway, I, I do have to say that if this one short year is any indication, things are definitely different than they were. You know, what? do, do you blame the hurricanes on global warming? Heck if I know. Um, but anyway, I know that it's it's nice and it rained yesterday. I'm standing outside. I've got uh, bird feeders here uh, uh, in western Colorado. I just had uh, 10 turkeys, wild turkeys, go through the yard. And I'm looking at a big flock of probably about 50 P&Js. And uh, they come zooming in and hammer the feeder and squawk and make a lot of noise. And... Uh, the morning doves have been ganging up in the flocks, actually, more so than during the summer. So I figure they're waiting. They're getting ready for a little cold weather to head on down somewhere south of here in, you know, Texas, New Mexico, somewhere it's warmer in the winter. So, you know, an absolutely beautiful morning is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. I said, you know, actually down here we got a little bit of sun. We had a lot of rain lately, so... It's a little sunny at least, so I mean, you hear the birds out there chirping and stuff, you know, that's, that's, that's beautiful. Oh, I talk to my friends down in Texas, uh, Louisiana, you know, of course, uh, even, even before the Irma hurricane, and I mean, they've had a heck of a lot of rain down there, you know, not just the Houston hurricane, obviously that was a tragedy and a, and a, you know, an amazing dump, but uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting how, uh, you know, well, look at California, you know, just cycles, you know, the cycles, you know, uh, call it feast and famine. It, uh, it definitely does make you wonder what the heck is going on, but we haven't been around keeping weather data long enough, I think, to maybe know exactly what's going on or what's going to happen next. But um, in any case, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting to, uh, to try to understand what it all is. Yeah, Marty, I I know I, I watch a lot of your shows. I still watch Wild America all the time on Amazon, uh, and I I have I have a couple favorites, but one of them, one of the favorite ones I have because I love turtles. The truth about turtles. We uh, went in there. Uh, we actually talk about two species I I really love: the alligator snapping turtle and uh, the, the wood turtles. Right, I agree. Well, you know, 
when we created the Wild America series, what we were always trying to do was instead of go find rare animals, which we did, I mean, we did entire programs on endangered species, and they're darn hard to film. But what we also tried to do, rather than filming, you know, a rare species where you probably wouldn't get very much good footage of it, we went out of our way to try to film, you know, common species, you know, animals that pretty much, you know, everybody has seen or knows about, but... But no one has ever focused on it. Uh, you know what I say jokingly, you know, for example, the turtle film, but, but we did other films, and I say, uh, you know, like, who is ever going to do a 30-minute film on chipmunks? Who's going to do a film on muskrats? Who's going to do a film on shrews? You know, so some of the subjects that we picked were, were unusual and interesting, and you really never have seen uh, any other film of them to speak of. But then, you know, the ones I was really proud of and am really proud of, when, when we would take a family of animals or birds and we would film the different members of that family, like the squirrels, all the different kinds of squirrels in, in America, in North America, you know, the different squirrels, the different rabbits, the different doves, the different quail, um, you know, whether it be a half a dozen or so different ones, and we would show them and compare them and contrast them and even have some artwork in some of those programs to show the size differences. Um, those, I think, were some of the most interesting uh, films that we did just because they gave an overview of, let's say, a family of animals that, uh, you know, no one is ever going to go out and, and, uh, and do that sort of thing. Um, and, of course, the whole concept of Wild America, you know, and I've always said this jokingly, but I go, you know, why didn't somebody older, smarter, richer, or whatever than me come up with a pretty darn simple idea. Hey, we're in America. Let's do some films about American wildlife for an American television audience. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's pretty darn obvious. But, of course, it's always exciting to think about the whales in the ocean and the lions in Africa and the kangaroos in Australia. Uh, and, you know, and we've thought about those. Of course, I've filmed them, so I spent seven months in Africa one time. But ultimately, uh, the programs that we've done, uh, you know, the, the American wildlife programs that we've done, you know, really, really struck a chord and people were really fascinated to learn about all, all the critters that were in their own backyard and to see them doing things that, that they probably never were going to see because, you know, actually, I've got some isms. Let me interrupt myself here. One of my isms is the world went from four channels to 400, from film to video, and from quality to crap. Uh, so that's kind of a rude thing to say. Um, and actually, there's a heck of a lot more than 400 channels in America these days. I don't even know how many there are, a thousand or, or whatever. But the good news for us, way back when, the good old days in the 80s and the 90s when we produced Wild America mostly, um, and into the, into the 2000s, but the, the interesting thing was that uh, there were four major channels. Of course, this was a little bit before Fox came around and UPN, a couple that are even no longer with us, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, you know, and then Fox came later. Um, it was kind of interesting because we got larger audiences because there was less on television for people to watch. These days, they're so darn much on 
But, uh, you know, I'm kind of reminded of the Bruce Springsteen song. Again, a little bit rude. You know, the song is 57 channels and nothing on. Um, you know, but but when we were doing the, the programming uh, for PBS at first and for NBC, we did specials, NBC, ABC, CBS. We did specials with Robert Redford and Paul Newman and, and et cetera. Um, we, had a, we had a much larger audience, literally millions and millions of people more than the, than the very minimal audiences of today. And, and it's kind of weird to say, but the simple fact is that when you have a bigger audience, you have a, a bigger budget. And when you have a bigger budget, you can do better films. And, uh, and that's really what's going on these days, because my point is, we would literally spend two years doing a film on anything, um, you know, muskrats or, or you know, bighorn. We would literally spend two years, because that way we would have two springs, two summers, two autumns. You know, if we didn't get the turkeys, uh, you know, mating and, and fighting and strutting really good this spring, well, we'll have it next spring to also give it another try. Or if we don't really get great footage of the bighorn, but uh, you know, headbutting this November, well, we've always got next November. So that two-year that two-year filming schedule was huge, and and that was only because we had a great number of viewers because people loved looking at American wildlife. Yeah, well, absolutely, I agree with that. Uh, you know, now nowadays you see. You know, like YouTube channels and all that. So <laughs> I said that there's so many different ways for people to watch. Well, that too. There's no question. That there's no question that uh, with all the various, you know, satellite radios and and all the different technology, you know, DVDs and Xboxes, and you know, there, there are many, many, you know, uh, ways in which people can view programming and Wild America right now. You know, it's on Google Play. Uh, many people watch it. It's on Amazon, you know, Amazon Prime even. Uh, you know, people can watch it on Amazon Prime and not even pay for it. Uh, so that's all good. And, uh, you know, and the technology, well, it's just amazing, uh, you know, as far as all the different ways, all the different screens that people can, can uh, watch things on in addition to just a, a plain old television. But, you know, before the advent of all this stuff, before everybody was carrying around an iPhone in one hand and an iPad in the other, on, you know, when it was on PBS, when it was on public television, there were weeks when we had over 400 million people watch a Wild America program. Mm -hmm. The main reason for that was because I gave PBS unlimited usage rights. Now, normally in the old days, when a producer licensed a program to the, you know, to the television, you know, a network, you would give them four runs over three years, which of course is not very many. And, uh, you know, and so that, that limited it. What I determined, and I'm, I could be wrong, but I think I was the first person ever just to give public television, PBS, unlimited broadcast rights. I said, just show the socks off of them, morning, noon, and night, whatever. It doesn't matter to me because the point of the matter is that's why we made them. We made them for people to view. Why hold them back? And other producers started doing that, of course, after we did, but at the time, the stations, you know, needed good programming. They would show them in the early morning before someone was going to work. They would show them in the mid-morning. They'd show them that afternoon when the kids 
got out of school. They showed them in the evening, right. you know, prime time, of course. Every, and so yeah. that really enabled the stations to get a to get a great bang for their buck um, at the time that they were on PBS. Of course, the Wild America series right now is not on public television anymore. It was on PBS for. Oh my gosh, about 15 years, something like that. But now 20 years or more than 20 years since then, the Wild America programs are still in uh, syndication. And what syndication means, it's uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox, the broadcast channels, uh, not PBS, but also not Nat Geo or not, uh, you know, uh, Outdoor Channel or one of the cable channels. Um, they were, they were, they're now in syndication, so they're aired on one of those broadcast channels, and it could very well be a different broadcast channel. In fact, it usually is in different markets. Uh, you know, around the country. So, anyway, the, the Wild America series is still in syndication. People have to look for it a little bit. Or, of course, it's available online. And naturally, even online on the wildamerica.com website, uh, people can still go on there and buy uh, DVDs. Uh, so, you know, you can view it as a download, you can view it as a DVD, you can find it in your television uh, programming schedule, you know, when it's aired on, on, quote, regular television, broadcast television. And so it's still very much out there, and it's been on television uninterrupted for 37 years, which is actually pretty darn amazing. And again, just an indication that people in America love to look at wildlife that's here in America. Oh yeah, I think everybody, a lot of people love wildlife. I know I do. Uh, I think of one episode in particular that you got, you did is uh, "Man with Bears" when you uh, raised the grizzly cubs. And, uh, I thought, <laughs> you know, we did that. The man who loved bears. My gosh, that goes way back when. And uh, we did that. Uh, you know, one of the very first specials that we did, and actually that uh, that aired on ABC. Um, and it was kind of a weird situation because Will Gear, great old guy, he was a mountain man in the film Jeremiah Johnson with Robert Redford. He narrated the film, and then unfortunately for the timing, he passed away. Will Gear died, and so ABC did not want to air a program uh, narrated by a recently deceased person. So that was a little bit weird. Um, you may actually hear an airplane going over here. I'm standing outside on a beautiful morning. Anyway, he had the sort of Wild America, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, The Man Who Loved Bears was redone with uh, Henry Fonda narrating it. Of course, you know, the, the father to, uh, you know, to Jane Fonda, he's still on TV, etc. Uh, Henry Fonda, a great guy. So he narrated it again. So we actually have two different versions of, uh, of The Man Who Loved Bears. And there was even a time way back when, when, uh, when we had a 35 millimeter version of uh, The Man Who Loved Bears, which aired in uh, movie theaters. And so we went around to several uh, theaters, a number of theaters all over, and had premieres of that, and then aired the, uh, aired the feature film in, uh, in, in theaters. And it's kind of interesting that I later married my wife, uh, Diane Dale, who grew up in Gross Point, Michigan, and then she moved out to Colorado in the Aspen area when she was pretty young and lived here for a good long while. She actually saw The Man We Love Bears in theaters, in a theater, in Aspen, Colorado, and she thought, boy, that, that's the kind of 
I said that I have seen the movie Wild America with Jonathan Taylor, Thomas, and stuff. How how much is the movie right on your your life there on that time? You know, the movie is real. I mean, it's you know it's Hollywoodized. Of course, we've been in a cave with bears. We've been in a cave with snakes, rattlesnakes in particular, full of it in Oklahoma. Been in a cave full of bats more than a few times. So in a Hollywood movie, you go into a cave and there's bears and rattlesnakes and bats and stuff all over the place. Not exactly like it happens in real life, but everything about the movie was true. I mean, that's the way our parents were. That's the way we were. Uh, the airplane, etc. In real life, Leon knew a little bit more about flying than he than was let on in the movie. You know that sort of thing. Um, but no, as far as the two older brothers, pretty much torturing the younger brother. Not torturing, but you know, just I don't know. Kids are kind of mean. Uh, you know, so yeah, you know, we we weren't perfect, uh, and the movie shows that. And uh, of course, it's capsulized. It's, you know, ev- uh, events are, are you know, sort of condensed together. Uh, but uh, but yeah, all of that happened. Bombing range down in Arizona just about got ourselves blown up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, you know, of course, uh, of course, all the, the challenge and the drama and the excitement of, of trying to film uh, various animals, whether it was uh, you know alligators or moose or whatever, and some of it's kind of exaggerated. My brother Marshall is riding on the antlers of a moose. It didn't exactly happen that way. What happened one time? A moose, a moose uh, literally charged him, and he was scrambling up a tree, and he fell out of the tree onto the antlers of the moose, and then the moose slung its head up and slung him back up into the tree, where he grabbed a hold and hung on, like a little squirrel or a monkey or whatever. Actually, a dangerous situation, a very dangerous situation. He was not injured, but the point being, yeah, it really happened, except Hollywood just exaggerated it a little bit and had him riding the moose antlers, you know, off and down the river. Um, so, you know, let's just say that as far as movies are concerned, the Wild America feature film that we did with Morgan Creek and Warner Brothers and, of course, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was in it. Uh, the dad was Jamie Sheridan. The mother was Frances Fisher, um, et cetera. Um, that particular movie, I swear, you, know, you see all the time, based on a true story. That is as close to the real true story, I believe, as any Hollywood film that's ever made. Because, let's face it, they're movies. They're, they're exaggerated for drama, they're, you know, for, for effect. They make them a little more dramatic and a little more funny, you know, than they really were. But, uh, yeah, that, and that was a great time, although I have to say, being out in Hollywood and making a movie is, uh, let's just say, a crazy, a crazy experience, and let it go with that. I bet, I bet that it was real crazy. Uh, the, other th- the other thing I was going to say is, you know, some of the wildlife films now, I don't know if you want to get into this topic, so you can just say I don't want to touch that, but some of them, they had that shock thing where, you know, you see the guy pick up a snap shirt and put his hand in his mouth and get bit. And I said, you know, when you, do, you did Wild America and stuff, you never put the animal that they were going to hurt you. You know, that you never showed that that shock stuff that they do now. Well, you know, what we call it is poking a snake with a stick. Um, of course, when we produce the Wild America films, 
we tried, and it's difficult, it's expensive, it's time-consuming to the animals doing something worth watching. I mean, if it's a snake, you know, you want to see it, uh, you know, mating, you want to see it fighting, you want to see it laying eggs, you want to see the little snakes hatch, you want to see, you know, the, the, the drama in the life of that snake, and that's not easy to be around when a snake lays eggs or when the, when the turtle eggs hatch or whatever. You know, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not easy at all. Um, and what we say then in some of the films, and bless his heart, Steve Irwin, of course, was killed by a stingray, but he did some pretty crazy dangerous stuff with crocodiles in particular down in Australia. Uh, he pushed the limit, and uh, guess what? You know, he, he paid the price of, of pushing that limit. But the, but the point being that, uh, you know, a lot of the presenters, a lot of the more recent presenters, what we say is, excuse me, they're poking the snake with a stick, and they're going, oh, look at this snake. It's so deadly. It's so dangerous. Oh, if it bites me, I'm going to die. And then they'll poke the snake with a stick, and the snake will be biting at the stick. You know, and then they'll, and the presenter will then say, oh, you know, this and that about the snake. Oh, look at this. Oh, it's all dangerous. Well, the snake's just laying there on the ground. The snake doesn't do anything. It takes them about an hour and a half to film the whole sequence or to film the whole darn program. Uh, you know, they don't show the snake hunting its prey, you know, catching something, feeding. You know, they don't show the snake, you know, any, you know, reproduction, you know, mating, reproduction, hunting, predation, all of the things that are, that are very difficult to get. And that's what we always try to capture. We try to capture those unique, interesting, exciting moments in an animal's life that you're not going to get in 15 minutes standing there poking with a stick. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, I agree with that. I said that, you know, if you want to show the animal, show the animal. You know, <clears throat> that's what they're, you know, show them what they are and don't put that fear of stuff in there. But I like... I'd like to thank you for coming back on again, Marty. Uh, I I always like talking to you. I'm a huge fan of Wild America, so uh, you know maybe we'll have to I do. Agree. I agree, and thanks for having me, and uh, I enjoy it, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Oh, uh, you you have a great time, my friend. Uh, I'll keep in touch. That sounds great. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Yeah.